Well, I guess we'll all take our seats. Good morning, everybody here at St. James. <clears throat> For those of you who are first listening in on our um, virtual Sunday school class, my name's Steve Wakeland. I'm one of the Sunday school teachers here at St. James United Methodist Church here in Lawrence, South Carolina. It's a beautiful day today. <clears throat> I still have some allergies and drainage, so I'll try not to cough too much. You know, this past uh, month, besides myself, the only person that's been here has been Pastor John and Kevin, our other lay leader and uh, audiovisual technician. But today is the first day our church can physically meet together. And so far, out in the audience, I've got three of our wonderful church members. Um, before we start, uh, I got a couple announcements, but uh, I'm going to turn time over to Kevin. He's got a couple special words of wisdom. I'll also turn the air down. Y'all a little cool in here? Okay, I'll turn the air down. Kevin, it's all yours. Hey, thanks, Steve. Um, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all that are here. Make some noise so the people online listening know that you're here. Right on. Good to, good to see you. We do have a live audience here, and it's so good to be back here in the house of the Lord. We're so excited to be back. Uh, unfortunately, we still do have to take some precautions, and we all kind of know that, and we've, we've kind of discussed that and kind of understand what we got to do there. Um, but speaking of that, the reason why the, the, the announcement that I have is that just this morning, I added a brand new section over on our, over on our website. And if you're not sure what the website is, it's actually up here on your screen. It's www.stjamesumclaurens.com. Dot org. So if you go over to St. James UMC Lawrence.org, uh, you will see a new section there called News. Uh, and basically, this is where we're going to be putting all of our upcoming announcements, upcoming events, uh, and any type of news type of items that is related to the church. So th what I added this morning is our return to in-person, if I can say that, our return to in-person worship guideline letter that you all should have a copy of and that we have posted out here. It is now posted on our website under that under that section. So uh, for you that are listening online, if you're kind of curious about what our return to worship guidelines are, you can go over to our website and click on that news section there and you can read through that guideline letter that everyone has available availability to now here inside of the church. So uh, so just wanted to let you know that that was now available to you and I encourage you to go over and read it and tell, tell, the people, uh, tell people about it so they can go over and view it as well. And also for those who might not be very tech savvy, uh, kind of help them get there so they, so they understand how to get over to it and read that information there. And of course, you can always reach out to me if you have any questions about any of that, and I'll be more than happy to walk you through uh, any of that. And I was thinking there was one more thing, too, I had, Steve, and, and it's getting away from me. If I remember it, I'll let you know, okay? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, okay. you, you can interrupt me anytime. Okay, I'm good, but thank you. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Good. I, so you all got a copy of the day's bulletin and with the handout in it. We will be mailing out... Uh, Marion said she would be glad to mail out the bulletins and this also for people that do not have access to web or Facebook, and especially the people that we're not able to attend. So I'll get her copies of this, and she, when we take the offering over to her, she picks it up. We're, we'll make sure she gets those, and she'll mail it out. 
Um, for all those not able to attend Sunday school, here in our Family Life Building, we also have Sunday school with two other classes going on. We have the men's class in the front of the church, right outside the vestibule, and Beth is holding her class. It's, she's either doing it in her room or in our large Sunday school room. Um, right now, because of the situation, uh, we have no youth Sunday school and no children's Sunday school, so hopefully that will start up for long. As far as any other announcements, I went by the uh, Baptist Center last Thursday. Of course, they're still needing things. Um, they were working on the newsletter, so as of Thursday, they hadn't printed it yet, but um, she said that what they really need in summertime is they need lots of sugar, tea, and Kool-Aid. That's for the families that come. So don't forget them in your uh, prayers and also donations. The family promise is still kind of in limbo, but they are still taking gift cards. You can drop those by with your personal information because that's all tax deductible. Pretty much money through Friday. Naomi's there. If she's not there, you can just drop it in the slot in the, the big blue door. Prayer request. Um, Let's definitely keep Felix in our prayers. Janet's uh, said he's doing well, just waiting for his results, and uh, his dog still misses him. <laughs> One of the other things I wanted to bring up today was um, let's all keep Brenda, Mark, Maggie, and Warren in our prayers. That was a very moving funeral. There were a lot of people that, at least in my opinion, that came to the funeral. It was very nice, very moving. And, uh, you know, here be missed, but not forgotten. Also keeping prayers this week, uh, I got a call. I was talking to uh, Bob Allen yesterday. He called and said he'd, he's going to come to the uh, recognition of the youth and the college graduates on the 28th of June. But he wanted us to keep him in his prayer. He's supposed to see a neo, I think, I don't know if I pronounce this right, a neosurgeon or a neurosurgeon, it's going to check his nerve, some nerve in his neck, it's affecting his arm. Hopefully, they'll be able to fix it, and no, no major, major surgery, maybe something real simple. So let's definitely keep him in our prayers. Anybody else out there have any prayer requests? Anything else you could think of, Kevin? Um, if you think I, of it later, you can add any time. No, go ahead. I do have a prayer request, but go ahead, Janet. Mr. Shaftsbird and Mr. Bear. Okay. Go ahead, Kevin. Okay. Um, so I don't know if any of you have heard. Uh, I know Wayne knew her, but uh, I, unfortunately I lost my grandmother this week. Uh, Josie Allman, she passed away on, what's today? I think, I think it was Thursday. Um, she had been over at NHC for a while. Um, so it's sad, but but at the same time, I know she's in a better place because she had a she had a stroke about 15 years ago, and and she's been um, kind of incapacitated since that and, and that kind of thing. So um, so it's been it's been a long time coming, really. So uh, so we know we, she's in a better place now, but uh, <clears throat> her burial services are going to be in Virginia. Uh, is Wayne still over here? Because I knew Wayne knew her. I don't know if he knew or not. I'll, I'll let him know later. But. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so if you would, just kind of keep our family in our prayers. I think everything's working out for the best, uh, especially now because of her situation. We know she's better off now. But, uh, but yeah, so just let that prayer for us if you want mine. Sure. Anybody else? If not, uh, 
Let us open up our Sunday school lesson with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for our many blessings and the gift of grace you have given us. Be with all of our Sunday school teachers that are here today and all of our class members, but especially those who are unable to attend. Please watch over us as we reopen our church services and other group meetings today. We praise you and your glory. And remember, without your guidance and the truth, how empty our lives would be. We continue to have faith that we'll overcome our trials and tests that are placed upon us on this community and our individual churches. We want to thank you for the opportunity to live in this great nation. And please hear our prayers and help the leaders of our community and our nation hear with their ears and see with their eyes that you are really in control and that they will turn and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit in their daily duties to their people. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, for all of you who are just coming in, we, we have the new books over here on the table to my left, and uh, you can take them or you can leave them. Uh, if you take them, they're yours. Uh, I got a couple people, and I know uh, uh, I promised a couple people I'd drop by their house. I told Baba Jean, I told Anna Faye whenever they come in, I'll make sure they get them. So we'll drop those off later on this afternoon. Now today's... Uh, Material that we're talking about, Kevin, a flip on our chart there. Um, <clears throat> before we get into specifics of today's lesson, now today's lesson is from First Kings, chapter eighteen, and we're only going to focus on verses twenty through thirty-nine. But there's so much, there's so much more to today's lesson that's not printed. So I'm going to ad lib a little bit and add some things. When I say add some things, I'm going to just talk about the scriptures right before this. It's kind of set the stage for really what's happening because during this time, we know that there were a lot of kings. Uh, you know, King David, when he died, uh, Solomon became the king. And we know that in scripture, it's written the first part of Kings chapter 3. And it says, At Gideon, the Lord appeared to Solomon, in a dream by night, and, and God said, ask, what shall I give you? And we studied this, and we've studied this many times. We did this, I think, about a month ago. Or, matter of fact, it was before I think we, we even uh, had to stop coming. God asked him, what can I give you? And we know that Solomon, and I'm going to read what Scripture said. I'm going to try not to use my words. I think it's important in our Sunday school class when we're studying scriptures. Sometimes we paraphrase things or group things, but I think it's important really to say what, what scripture actually says. We hear lots of things people say, well, scripture says this, scripture said that. And I mentioned the other day when it was Johnny's funeral, Johnny would, he'd go to the scripture and he'd tell us exactly what it said. And what happened here, um, Solomon said, when he, when he was answering the Lord, he said, Therefore, to your servant, um, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge 
these great people of yours. And God was very impressed about this because he went on to say, because you have asked these things and have not asked for a long life, nor asked for riches, nor asked for life of your servants, but asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. I have given you a wise and understanding heart. But then God kind of finalizes this gift he's given Solomon. And this really pertains to us today, us as an individual and us as a church. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 14, the Lord said, So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. You know, that's part of what this whole lesson's about, uh, is following what God asks us to do. And we'll see here that really what's happened here with these people is they failed to follow the first commandment. You know, they, they put other people in front of God. Uh, one of the things I've done in my life, I, I, each day I try to put Christ in the center of my life. Um, my wife's important, my children important, the church is important. But I have to put Christ first, right there in the middle. Talk to him first. Now we know that further in Kings, it's recorded that uh, the Lord reemphasized a couple times to Solomon the importance of obedience and following these covenants. But we all human, we all fall short of the glory, as it says in the New Testament. And in First uh, Kings eleven, it really shows what's going on, what's happening. Because in chapter 11 it says, but King Solomon loved many foreign women. <laughs> loved those women. And he went, and as well as the daughter of the Pharaohs. And it goes on to say, women's of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Ammonites, the Sidiites, and the Hittites. From the nations of whom the Lord had said the children of Israel. And these are the words quoted that the Lord said. In verse 11, verse 2, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Goes on to say that Solomon clung to these in love. Solomon put the love for all his women in front of what God told him to do. Because of that, in Scripture, it talks about the consequences for things that we do. Uh, so he lost many of them blessings, many of those blessings. Now, when you read Kings, we know that there are many other kings. Once Solomon passed away, other kings came in, and things became kind of a mess. Uh, and it really, if you take a look at this, the nation of Israel at that time, the whole nation, may have what you might say they wandered a lot, they kind of maybe even sunk to, I guess you could say they kind of hit their bottom. And really they'd sunk and they'd lost their relationship with, the, with God because all the pagan worship was rampant. Uh, now, I put on the chart here, and I'll let uh, Kevin, you can flip it 
I only have two charts today. I've got on the chart here where we're going to talk about there's actually four characters, but there's three characters and there's a group. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this and then we're going to read the scriptures because I know some of you may not are listening or been here, have been able to read it. But the first character we want to talk about is Ahab. Now, Ahab happened to be the king at this time. Pretty simple because it's recorded in here in uh, especially chapter 16 through 18. I'm not going to read exactly what it says, but basically Ahab was a very wicked man. Uh, and in Scripture it said in the chapter 16, verse 30, he is described as a man who did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all that were before him. So this old boy is a pretty evil guy. Now, he knew the Lord, but what happened? Well, comes this next character, Jezebel. Jezebel was his wife. Um, basically, she had been responsible for really enlarging the worship of Baal. When they got married, of course, she, she was a pagan worshiper. And as God said earlier, don't intermarry because you're going to be influenced by all these pagan. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Also, Jezebel was involved in killing a bunch of prophets. Now, we know, reading our scripture, that Obadiah, uh, he went and hid some of them up in the mountains, and quite a few of them were hid and saved. But she was killing them right and left. She was a pretty evil woman. Now, there's a whole other stories about Jezebel, but I'm just going to briefly, that's who she was. Now, in this, because of all this, King um, Ahab kind of went back and forth. He took what, what he'd learned by worshiping God, and he took more of what he learned from Jezebel and changed the whole way they worshiped. And really what happened here, there was this great crisis that was brought on by the king and his wife promoting the worship of Baal um, and the Lord. So what happened here, the Lord sent Elijah to serve as his emissary, his representative, just like Moses. And I want to take a look at chapter 17 because when, when I was studying scriptures, there's nothing said about Elijah, you know, where he came from. Well, it does say here, in first, I'm going to read chapter 17, verses 1 through 2. 1 Kings 17, 1 through 2. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, get away from here and turn east and hide by the brook. Uh, and there uh, it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And, of course, we know the story that everything started drying up because God had sent him to tell Ahab, ain't no more rain, no more water. Now, this drought, this drought, famine, um, it was only, it was a divine judgment, really, on 
the whole nation, the whole nation had turned to idolatry. The people, that's what I want to talk about here. Um, well, we know that Elijah, he was the prophet, but the people, uh, by this, these people just kind of stood by. They didn't, they kind of, like I said a little while ago, or like some of, we, some of us do sometimes, I've done it in my past. I try not to do it each day, but, you know, we're kind of wild and crazy Monday through Saturday and then come to church on Sunday. Uh, we live different. We live, some of us have lived different in the church than we do in the world. And we know that Jesus has taught us we need to be examples. So, and it's tough sometimes. But uh, I try, and I know all of us do, we try every day to live, no matter what we do, to be representatives of the Lord. Uh, Johnny was that, as I mentioned on Friday, Johnny was that good representative. Where, no matter where Johnny was, you knew he was a man of God. Now, what's peculiar here in this lesson is that God withdrew the prophet after he made his statement to Ahab, he disappeared. No one could find him. He was gone. Uh, God withdrew him. He did that for a reason uh, to make the people think. Uh, we know that the king himself searched high and low for uh, King Ahab searched high and low for him. When it was ready for him to return, uh, God sent him back and in chapter 18, which is the beginning of today's lesson, um, I want to read part of 18. I want to read verses uh, 16 to 19. What happened here is, uh, and I'm going to read just a little bit before that, probably 15. Obadiah was scared to death when he met Elijah. Elijah told him, go tell the king that I'm here. But all the other prophets that went looking for him, Elijah would kill him. Once they came back, said we couldn't find him. Uh, Ahab would kill all these people because they couldn't find uh, Elijah. And Obadiah was afraid when he met uh, Elijah that when he went to tell the king that Elijah would disappear again. But Elijah said, no, you go get the king. You tell him how where I'm at, and I'll be right here. So that's where the lesson starts. I'm going to start reading 16 to 19. Then Elijah said, this is in 15, then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself for him today. He was telling Obadiah, I'll be right here. <clears throat> so in 16, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened. When Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? Uh, verse 18. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asheran, who eat at Jezebel's table. And then it goes on in verse 20. Uh, let me stop here for a minute. I, I want to reiterate that the source of Israel's trouble wasn't the drought. 
you know, it wasn't because Elijah says it's not going to rain. The source of their trouble was they lost their loyalty to God by bringing in uh, all this idolatry. Now, today's lesson, I'm not going to be able to have time to read the whole 20 to 39, and I'm not going to paraphrase it. I'm just going to highlight some things. But I want to bring out a point here that's really the, I guess you might say, is the key factor of today's lesson. It's 20 to 21. Now, <clears throat> I'm reading from my New King's James Version. In 2021, it says, So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Now, Elijah makes a simple point. You're going to follow God or you're going to follow Baal. Real simple. But what was strange here is uh, the people didn't say anything. They just sat there, didn't say a word. It appears the people were afraid to make a commitment, were embarrassed to make a commitment, or just didn't want to make a commitment. Uh, they want maybe to do play on both sides of the table. I don't know. Do we do that? Yep. <laughs> I've done it. Uh, you know, if you're, you're in a group, uh, and that's one of the hardest things for some of us. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the military, and I'm not knocking the military. I love the military. But uh, sometimes my mouth would wander where it shouldn't. And uh, I found many times, if I get in the wrong groups, I start saying, I start following right along, and I got to catch myself, remind myself, that's not right what you're saying, you know. Say the right words. So Elijah confronted their people with the fact that they had to decide whether it was God or whether it was Baal. And really what happened here, as I mentioned earlier, the people had strayed. They'd wandered. Uh, many times we stray, and they forgot what the most important commandment was. Uh, and, of course, that's the first commandment. They have no other gods before me. Now, Today's lesson, I'm going to kind of condense it up. Basically what happened is they built an altar. Ahab and all his 450 plus 400 prophets, they got together and they built an altar. Well, they already had their altar built. Uh, they had two, calves, two bulls come in. They got to pick whichever one they want. They put their bull on their altar, but Elijah told him, no fire. Elijah did the same thing, except he had to put one together. And when he put his altar together, remember all the altars have been torn down by these pagan worshipers. Uh, he repaired the altar that was there and rested, it, rested the altar on 12 stones. And those 12 stones represent, they were symbolic of the tribes of Israel. Uh, now, what happened in our story here is Elijah built his altar, put his calf on it, cut it up, but he poured a whole bunch of water on it, three times, poured lots of water on it, lots of water. 
So everything was, I guess you might care, say ceremoniously washed, but it was full of water. Matter of fact, all the way around the altar was a ditch full of water. <clears throat> and uh, Elijah told him to go ahead and call Baal and send fire down and light up their altar. Well, nothing happened. They did all kinds of stuff, dancing, singing, jumping up and down, cutting themselves. Nothing happened. Elijah, all he did is pray to the Lord. And what happened? We know that fire came down, burn it up, just like, and the water and everything evaporated. We know here that right after all this happened, all the people rejoiced and said, you know, I'm going to read uh, 38, verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I want to add one more thing that's not in today's lesson. Because this is not a pretty picture here. When you read on, in verse 40, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook, the brook of Kishon and executed them there. You know, uh, Elijah had all these pagan prophets killed. Uh, he was really in a holy war against paganism. Today, we're, we somewhat are in a holy war. We read about that, angels and sightseeing and unseen, and we don't know what's going on sometimes, stuff around us. Uh, but today, we can stand by when we see things. I think it's important that we stand, we may stand by and not say anything. We may not commit ourselves. Uh, but others have taught us and showed us what Jesus has done in our lives, what he can do in ours. You know, there's a common phrase in our society, the odds are against us. You know, the odds are against us. You know, none of us like being underdogs. Then when you play a football game, baseball game, you win some, you lose some. But we don't like being underdogs. In today's scripture, it's shown that Elijah was the underdog. You know, he stood up one man against all these prophets. But Elijah trusted God to be with him, uh, and God was with him, and he showed them through by bringing his fire down that he was really the God. You know, when God's on our side, we're the majority. We have a majority. No matter what our problems are, no matter what our situations are, like Paul wrote in his uh, letter to the Romans, it's in, recorded in Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, James, I have a, I want to end here in a minute. Um, you know, some of us have wandered. I used to wander like a crazy man sometimes. But only through God's grace, I don't have to wander anymore. I mean, I still make mistakes. I'm, the, I'm a sinner like everybody else. But at least I can admit to myself and admit to others. If I do something wrong, I'll tell my wife, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes I make the wrong decisions. 
seems lately I've made more wrong ones than right ones. But I'm always able to catch it, you know. Uh, James reminds us that the most amazing signs and wonders that God can perform are the way he changes people's lives. Uh, we see that happen every day. And when people's lives are changed, uh, they come into a better relationship with God. In other words, people return to God, uh, and that's what we try to do today. We have family members, friends that may have fallen away. Uh, all we can do is pray for them, hope that God will get a hold of them or they, they'll wake up one day. I want to read what's written in James 5. In James 5... That's the air conditioner coming back on for people not here and hear the noise. James 5, verses 16 through 20. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He goes on to write, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Next week's lesson uh, is going to be also from Kings, uh, and uh, it'll be in our book, and I think I put it on the, the board there so you can see it. If uh, nobody else has anything, we're going to close our lesson with the word of prayer and the back of our student book. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we bow in humble adoration and here proclaim how great you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, we're going to have a short break here. Church are picked back up at 11 o'clock. For the people here, they got time to... Uh, we didn't make any coffee today. Sorry, no coffee today. But you can take a break, and uh, all your other people that are home listening, you can take a break, get you some coffee, and come back at 11 to hear Pastor John and uh, his sermon for this Sunday. You all have a safe week.